welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. My guest today is Yvonne Watson. Yvonne is an educator, designer, and academic who has held a number of positions in art and design higher education. She currently serves as Dean Curriculum Plus Learning and Special Advisor to the Profis Office on Curriculum Parsons School of Design and is an Associate Professor in the School of Fashion. Since 2010, she has served in key leadership roles in the School of Fashion, first as Director of Academic Affairs and then as School Associate Dean. Her career has spanned roles that have encompassed both undergraduate and postgraduate program director for BA Fashion Network Design, MA Textile Design and Innovation, and MA Decorative Arts at Nottingham Trent University. She holds a BA in Fashion Network Design from Nottingham Trent University in the UK and a Master's in Globalization, Identity, and Technology from the School of Humanities, Nottingham Trent University. Early in her career, she worked for a mid-range knitwear design company in New York before returning to the United Kingdom, where she designed and manufactured her own fashion knitwear line, Alpha Omega, which sold in the UK, US, and Hong Kong before becoming a full-time academic. Hi, Yvonne. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you tonight? Um, thank you, Tessa. I'm, uh, I'm well, thank you. Yes, I'm doing well. Good. Looking forward. Good. Yeah. Looking forward to it as well. Okay, yeah. so for those who don't know anything about you, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, certainly. Um, so my name is Yvonne Watson. Um, originally, I am from England and I'm from um, Nottingham. Um, I've lived in New York uh, since 2010, so that's uh, 11 years now. And I work at Parsons um, School of Design. Um, where I am uh, newly appointed, actually, Dean of Curriculum and Learning. Oh, cool. That's very yeah. cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay, so you're an educator. Were you always, correct. Were you always drawn to education? Um, I think it must have been in my DNA. I don't think that was what I set out to do because I actually trained as a designer. Ah. Uh, so I studied... Um, uh, knitwear design, textile design, fashion design. And um, yeah, I, I had embarked on that as a career. I uh, studied in the UK and then I came here for about a year and I worked in New York in the fashion industry mm-hmm. in nineteen eight, in the 1980s. So that was a very interesting time to be in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Um, when I left uh, New York, um, I, uh, you know, headed back to the, the UK and I um, kind of like fell into teaching. It wasn't a plan, um, but I, I was invited, um, you know, my um, old program director of my undergrad mm-hmm. uh, had reached out to say that they were looking for people to teach knitwear at um, some different locations. And so I just you know, happened to be in the kind of right place at the right time and um, said yes, and huh. um, the rest is history. That's really cool. Okay, yeah. so I read that when you were a young girl, you and your sisters yes. had a back garden, which you called oh. a doll's house. Now, why yeah. did you name it that, and what did you and your sisters do in that garden? 
Oh yes, that's uh, that's that's a good point. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, I, I think um, w- you know when I said uh, I think you know teaching was kind of in my DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we um, the house that we lived in mm-hmm. um, in the backyard. It actually had a um, I don't know if the people who were there before us built it, but it was like a it was literally like a large doll's house. So it was a kind of ch- child size house with windows a pitched roof wow. and uh, at a certain point it was big enough for um I have four sisters I'm the oh. eldest of, of five uh-huh. um um so it was big enough for all of us to fit in really? into the yeah into this doll's ha- quote unquote doll's house and um in the summer um I would um um hold class and um teach teach my sisters and so I taught you know I did maths with them I did English um you know I did all the kind of like subjects and um and all of that and um yeah yeah the the whole thing so you know did attendance um gave (laughs) them credits oh my gosh everything that sounds great and it's funny because I also read that you associated it with Robin Hood and Maid Marian. That's, that's so right. cool. Was it yes, because that's... of of the how the way the house looked, the doll's house looked it by itself? Uh, no, not not so much that. But um, you know, the the town that I come from is Nottingham. So if you know anything about yes, Robin Hood, right, it Sheriff is of Nottingham. Okay, that's <laughs> right. That's right. So it's more. It was more about um, you know that that was the town that we came from. So. Um, there's there's the castle, mm-hmm. uh, Nottingham Castle. Uh, there's a statue of Robin Hood, um, mm-hmm. and um, you know all of the kind of like local um, spots are, you know, either named after, uh, you know, there's Friar Lane, for instance. There's mm-hmm. Maid Marian Way. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, that is the actual town that I come from, and we're about 150 miles north of um, London. Oh wow! Okay, mm. so um, I I love this quote you said about working at this school at Parsons. Um, yeah. In my mind, I'm this ten year old black girl from from Stockholm of Scott Home School, and when I walk yeah. down Fifth Avenue where my office is located, I'm often just blown away, and I have to pinch yeah. myself. What did you mean yeah. by that quote? Yeah, um, you know, I didn't ha- I didn't imagine that, you know, my life was going to look, you know, the way that it does in that, you know, mm. um, I'm, I'm a fairly average, yep, um, you know, black person from, from England. Um, and if you look at like the town that I came from um, mm. uh, and the kind of like, you know, circumstances of, you know, working class family, um, it wasn't it really wasn't on my radar to be you know working living in new york mm. and um and working at a school like parsons like you know one of the one of the most prestigious you know fashion schools and that that's where i work i i am an associate professor as well as having my dean role i'm an associate professor in the school of fashion so it mm. really is that kind of like pinch me life like mm. it's hard to believe and especially coming from the UK, where so much of the way that you know um, America is through kind of like films mm-hmm. and um, you know 
all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, to be on Fifth Avenue and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so um, kind of brought back to being like 10 years old and like, wow, this is, this is just not what I would ever have imagined as a 10 year old. Mm, that's awesome. Growing up and living and working in New York. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, mm. so you've been described as a disruptor in fashion education. What does that mm. mean? What does that mean? Yeah, um, it's, um, yeah, I, I guess um, that is an apt way to describe, um, you know, the various roles that I've been in. Mm-hmm. It always seems that when I enter into a role, you know, change is upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I, m- when I when I came to New York, I was hired into a role in the School of Fashion, was, which was Director of Academic Affairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, right at that point, um, Parsons was going through the redesign of its undergrad curriculum. Mm. And um, in my role, I could see immediately that where we were as in the School of Fashion, we weren't at a point where we were going to be able to meet the challenge of that new curriculum. So it meant actually starting to immediately do some of that disruption Ah. and kind of um, do a kind of fast-paced rethink of the curriculum Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, you know, just by identifying, you know, things that I could see were not working and that would not also stand us in good stead for like a major overhaul of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And then as I look back, I've probably been in roles where that's, always been the case I've always landed up in a role at a point where either change is necessary or you know I've been um I've been the one who who has directed um that that change Mm -hmm. and so yeah the disruption or being a disruptor is being willing I think to um you know deal with change even when it's really uncomfortable right right and and I mean I think in a way it's great. Disruption usually means in a negative way, but the mm. type of disruption that you're talking about is really just changing um, to move forward, correct? Yes. Okay. That is, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. I love that. And I read that one of your, um, that two of your former students were also disruptors and proceeded mm. to win awards for their work in fashion. I mean, do you still keep in, do you keep in contact yeah. with them? Yeah, um, yeah. I, mean, I think that's one, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm. I think that you know what that's. A, you know, it's a, it actually ties us back to you know talking about you know disruption because without that level of disruption, uh, you know, the the students that we got to graduate who've gone on to be those kind of change makers, mm-hmm. it's possible that we could have graduated them before, but the condition of the the disruption and the change in the curriculum was what also, you know, supported them being able to kind of, um, you know, take a, a, a different kind of risk. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I am i was not the only person who taught these students. So somebody like Lucy Jones, who um, has started her own um, company called Fafora, um, mm-hmm. which looks at, um, you know, design for, um, you know, uh, wheelchair users. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it has been pretty radical what she has done and um you know and that came out of a kind of a you know a collective 
um, you know, opportunity for her to be in different classes that challenged her mm-hmm. around change, and that all came as as a as a result of that disruption. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, and then another student who is really, um, I call her my New York daughter, ah. and that's um, Angela Luna, and she has a brand called Adif, um, oh. which she started when she was a student in my uh, senior thesis class. And, um, you know, she was really, um, you know, prompted to do something radical in design um, in response to uh, the refugee crisis. Um, You know, so that was, you know, so she created this garment, which is simultaneously you can you can change it so that it's a garment, but it's also um, a tent as well. Really, um, it's very very smart, and the technology that she used, um, that she you know she patented actually. Uh-huh. Um, it's amazing to think that that came out as a result of you know our various conversations when she was a you know senior thesis student. So I'm incredibly uh-huh. proud of her um, accomplishment and what she's continuing to do, even in the face of the pandemic, to right. kind of keep moving her, her, her brand forward and it must make you feel good knowing that you know what you what you created being a, as as a disruptor or change maker influence mm. these young mm. people you know yeah. to um, create their own paths that's as disruptors right. that's pretty incredible um i yeah. love that and, okay so why Oh, okay. Well, I read that one of the ways you're redeveloping the curriculum was creating new areas, one of which was, um, syst- uh, you, do you describe as systems and society? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. As we were designing the um, redesigning or rethinking the undergraduate curriculum, I worked with a, a team of colleagues and, um, um, you know, who were really you know, great collaborators. And one of the things that we we talked about and one, one a very key thing that there was um, for me as well, I wanted to have spaces where students could think about fashion beyond it being, um, you know, pretty clothing, mm-hmm. um, that it could actually be uh, fashion that makes a difference, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fashion that's critical, in terms of addressing, um, you know, some of our kind of like world issues. And um, I was fortunate enough to work alongside one of our professors um, at the time, uh, Timo Risenen, who is uh, uh, now, he's left uh, Parsons now and he works in Australia. Mm. Um, But he was our first professor of sustainability, uh, fashion sustainability. And so Mm -hmm. I learned an enormous amount from him. Mm -hmm. um, And that was what enabled us to think about, no, we need to have a we need to have an area where students who want to do design that is about, you know, problem solving and, you know, solution based design, um, user centered design, all words that we had never used in relation to fashion mm-hmm. um, previously. Right. Um, you know, we got to create a space uh, for that work uh, to happen. Wow. And, um, and it's been a hugely successful and carried forward by, um, you know, a program director um, who really did kind of like evolve that 
um, space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been remarkably um, successful wow. in um, allowing students to really actually um, design and think about the things that matter to them and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and come up with like amazing solutions. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so why, I mean, have you always been passionate about sustainability and social justice? Um, I would say uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the way I, but, you know, I, I think before coming to Parsons, I didn't, I didn't describe it as, um, you know, sustainability or social justice in a way. Mm-hmm. It was more about how do we kind of like make sure that human beings are, um, I don't know, how uh, that they're amplified mm-hmm. and, you know, that we get to kind of respond to different people's needs, mm-hmm. um, whether that is um, about, you know, able-bodiedness or, 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 you know, various other things. So, yeah, before I came to um, Parsons, uh, when I worked at Nottingham Trent, I worked with this really um, am- amazing uh, young graduate called um, Joe Cope. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, I had forgotten about this until she acknowledged me in uh, an Instagram story mm-hmm. um, for giving her an opportunity. And so that was the first space that we actually started to think about design that could be about, um, you know, um, things other than you know how do we you know dress this body in apparel Mm. how do we think about systems and how do we think about other things and um so she and i worked on an elective and then she went on to teach um, a course in her own right as well and um yeah that was that was really the start of something it's just that i didn't describe it as sustainability it wasn't a word that we were thinking about or talking about Mm -hmm. and I wasn't ever that sustainable designer Mm -hmm. when I was a student it was something that you know I kind of evolved into right oh wow so you're also in the process of launching unless you already launched um this your brand called Kindred Coterie now I love the name but where did that name come from and what is Kindred Coterie about uh, yes. Um, yeah, great question. So um, we haven't launched yet. So mm-hmm. we are looking to we'll be launching um, probably in the fall. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of work on that in terms of the branding and the vision and just really getting, you know, so kind of clear, crystal clear about um, the difference that I want to make. And uh-huh. one of the things that I'm passionate about is you know, working with, um, you know, handcraft and artisan-based um, communities. Mm. Um, and, you know, um, whether that is in, you know, different parts of the world. So I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Peru and uh, meet a, you know, a, a textiles community that is uh, a women's co- cooperative where they do amazing work. Wow. Uh, knitting and weaving etc so I've been always inspired about about those kinds of um, you know hand handcrafted processes mm-hmm. whether it's weaving dyeing etc and so yeah my brand is on its way um, um, I've kind of re- been rethinking it so it is I do want that it is something that is um, 
becomes a scaled kind of brand. So it's a bedding line, but it's um, a bedding line where we work also in tandem with, uh, you know, hand handcrafted community. So mm. there are kind of products that I'm, I'm also collaborating on from different areas. So Mongolia, from Nepal, uh, oh, from wow. Maru, uh, sorry, from Peru, uh, um, and Mexico. So I'm, um, I'm excited about that. Uh-huh. And um, you, you asked me about the name as well. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah I, I think I, for a long while, I struggled with like, what's what to name this thing. And I had come up with the name pedagogy, I think studio pedagogy. And mm-hmm. I was sharing this with my daughter. Um, we were driving in her car um, when I was at home um, visiting. And um, when I said the name, she went, ugh, ugh, <laughs> I hate, ugh, ugh, I hate that. I hate that name. And um, uh, she said it reminded me, reminded her of, um, a module she had to take. Um, you know, my daughter is a captain in the the, the military, oh, okay. and um, so oh, she wow. she had to she had to take a course, and she said she just really hated it. And so then we started to talk about um, the name and what did I want it to mean. And you know, kindred comes from it's an old English uh, word, and it mm-hmm. what it symbolizes or talks about is um, community. Mm. And um, so, you know, it's it's uh, kinfolk or, you know, the way that people kind of like come together mm-hmm. and coterie is a gathering. And, um, you know, my tagline for it is a, uh, a, you know, a kindred coterie of spirit. So it's oh, how that. do people come together to create and to collaborate? And um, and that's my other kind of like tag- tagline in a way creativity collaboration community that transforms the world wow um, that's beautiful so yeah so that's thank you that's the that's the that's the brand and that's kind of you know it's moving it's moving that's along awesome that's really cool yeah. oh wow um and well so with a pandemic <laughs> i mean we're yeah. a year into yeah. it has yeah. that affected um your work regarding to Parsons and Kindred Coterie? Yeah, it has in different ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, obviously, I've been working from home mm-hmm. um, since the start of the pandemic. Um, we have, um, you know, taught our students now for three semesters online. Wow. We didn't we didn't ever think that that was something that we were we were going to do. It wasn't a it wasn't a plan of ours. Mm-hmm. You know, we Although we did deliver some online courses, you know, previous to now, we 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 do very um, small amounts of. Previously, we did very small amounts of online. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's been a, a complete one. It's been a, a real challenge, mm. but it's been a complete kind of overhaul, overhaul of, you know, what we know about delivering our education. We we know how to deliver on site. Mm-hmm. And we've had to really develop ourselves to deliver um, online. And um, we've had some remarkable results, like mm. um, really remarkable. And then um, the things that have been missed have been connection and community. Mm-hmm. 
things that in a way we've taken for granted because it's been implicitly there right that that community's always been present we've never questioned it and then it's not until it wasn't there that we kind of really began to realize no this is the thing that is important to us this is why students go to college to mm. make connections and right. network and friends and lifelong friends right. and get an education it's part of the actual process of them getting an education mm-hmm. um so it's been uh, it's been amazing and at the same time in- incredibly challenging mm-hmm. um and yeah but fall we will be um august we will be you know heading back to campus so oh okay uh, you'll be in person to- That's right. Okay. And that will be a, another challenge for us as well, yeah. given the circumstances. Right. Um, and wow. for Kindred, um, it has, uh, what, I, I guess, uh, what what it has, the, the, well, I would say the impact has been things have slowed down a little bit because one of my major collaborators is in Mumbai. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. um You know, luckily, as a business, um, uh, she has been able to um, um, operate at different points, but it, it has definitely slowed down the process of, you know, um, production and sourcing and sampling. And so, you know, we're, we're at that stage now where we are, um, um, you know, we're working out sampling. But yeah, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is, has been a little bit slower. Yeah, well, has been it's been slower. Hopefully, yeah. it'll get better. You know, depending on what yeah. happens in India and uh, with the pandemic and everything. Absolutely, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you are also redefining fashion for people fifty mm-hmm. and over, and mm-hmm. so how are you doing that? And is that through another initiative? Um, the, no, there's not another initiative around that um, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be something, um, you know, at a certain point, uh, yeah, I was um, uh, I was in a, a lot of discussions with AARP. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we had done a project at Parsons that was um, initiated by a colleague of mine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as a result of that, yeah, we were really thinking about Um, you know, what does fashion mean for, um, you know, people who are, you know, of a certain age is what I will say, because mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's not about whether you're 30, 40 or 50. I think it's um, there are certain, I think, um, taboos or barriers about, you know, what's what is appropriate what is age appropriate mm-hmm. and uh yeah and so it was great we did we did do uh you know uh, you know a lot of work around that and, and actually i'm working on another project so this may come in um mm. at this point mm-hmm. uh i'm working on another project which is about the future of fashion huh. and um and i think the kind of age piece of it will be you know will be a part of that but it's it's so it's so much bigger than that it really is about the fashion system itself mm-hmm. it's about particularly in the wake of you know the this particular moment of the the pandemic etc mm-hmm. um i think a lot of things have come to the surface that you know have been rendered visible you know that are unworkable the supply chain mm-hmm. is unworkable the fact that you know we entered a pandemic and Um, the fashion industry, many players in the fashion industry, brands, etc., 
sourcing from areas like Bangladesh, Mm -hmm. uh, Sri Lanka and India, cancelled orders and and then used their kind of like collective weight to not pay. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, it's it's really kind of... um, on a human level, it really is despicable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, luckily I have a, 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 a great, you know, a friend and colleague who is working in this area. She has a brand brand called Remake and she initiated, um, you know, a, a, a kind of a, um, uh, really was like a media, um, a media promotion to actually call these brands out, call oh, Pay Up. Wow. That's awesome. And yeah. So Good that was, yeah, ab- absolutely. And very, you know, really commendable. And, you know, um, Aisha is somebody who is really out to challenge how the fashion industry operates and mm-hmm. who it acknowledges and who it does not acknowledge. And, um, you know, really having us as consumers think about what we buy, who we buy from, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are the kinds of, uh, ethics of a brand mm-hmm. um in the ways that, that they source and actually and how do they treat the people that that um you know are within their their supply chain right wow mm. that's amazing and that, mm. i i love that because you're you're they're ta- you're tackling not just um not just the fashion industry but the but the people behind who actually yeah. make the <laughs> these fashions yeah. and yeah. how they're being treated? Because yeah. most times people don't, you know, they they don't think about the fact that it's being yeah. created mm-hmm. by people who are in different situations, different con- you know, like harmful conditions probably, and mm-hmm. you know, no one mm-hmm. knows until you know you're actually the one seeing those conditions. So that's that's, right. that's great that. That it's being, um, you know, being uh, presented um, in the yes. forefront. So at least it yes. ha- it can be addressed. That's Indeed. really that's amazing. Indeed. Yeah. Um, yes, so, was there an incident that prompted you to do something that would impact your view on life? Uh, something that prompted me mm-hmm. um, was it like an aha moment for you. Um, I guess there've been, you know, uh, maybe a few different aha moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I just remember being fourteen, and um, you know, you're you're at that age where you're kind of questioning, asking those all those questions about like, you know, I don't know. I asked the question. I remember asking the question. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, what's my purpose in life? Like, what's my life for? Mm-hmm. Literally at fourteen, right. and. Um, and yeah, I, there have been, you know, different things that I think I've been able to, you know, experience and, um, you know, I've participated in personal development work for the last 12 years, which has really supported me in thinking about really what my life is for. Mm-hmm. And um, um, well, yeah, well- I think a lot of that plays out in 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 what I do as as an educator and I think now is also a pivotal moment Mm. where Mm. you know if anybody is in any doubt you know in a pandemic that that's an opportunity for each of us to kind of really figure out what our life is for and um 
what what I'm what I see now or what I'm seeing is um, the difference that that I can make um, not only as an individual but like collectively and with the network that I have or the people that I get to work with mm-hmm. in bringing about change and one of the things that I'm also very focused on which is kind of in my job as well is how do we develop a more um, inclusive space for uh, you know all of our students mm-hmm. um, so for our BIPOC students mm-hmm. um, for um, you know students for our black students who are not always um, included mm-hmm. and that's my goal as well to test that I'm I'm standing for a world that works for everyone and that you know, where everybody gets to be included. And I'm seeing that in what I do at, um, in my job, but mm-hmm. also it plays out in what I want to be able to do in my brand in Kindred. Wow. Um, that I'm, I'm, I'm standing for a world where people are included. They get to be included. That's awesome. Regardless of their location, mm-hmm. their class, their mm-hmm. race, um, et cetera. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm here for that life, That's very for that cool. purpose. Yeah. Did did you have an aha moment when you were in Peru? I did. Mm. I did. Yes, I did. I um I had this mo- amazing uh, experience where you know we were with this community and uh, on the final night of our time there mm-hmm. they um they had a kind of like a gathering and it was a um you know they they lit a bonfire mm-hmm. and we were all around this bonfire. And then at the same time, you know, we're, we're in Cusco. Mm-hmm. So we have, we're all gathered around this bonfire and, um, and then there's a full moon, mm-hmm. like the moon comes out and, you know, that, that was, that, that maybe the aha moment that mm-hmm. you talked about was that was, that was it because wow. I had probably in some point, of time imagined you know um uh, you know something along those lines and there I was in that moment like this yeah this is the thing that I want to do I want to make the difference and thank you for actually you know prompting me and reminding me because um given everything that's been happening with the pandemic and Mm -hmm. you know that that community in Kakakoya um as well I um I'm reminded of like, yeah, the difference that I want to make with that community uh, as well. Cause that was a, that really was an incredible moment. Mm. Yeah. And That's... listening to the, to uh, the family, it was Pedro and Mercedes and, you know, and, you know, speaking to us and blessing us. And, mm. um, and I was like, yep, this is, this is what I'm here for. Did, did it feel like, um, this was why I'm here, and this is why. Uh, did it feel mm. like an out of body kind of knowing that you were in that space at that time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. It, um, uh, yeah, I I often expect. Well, I say often, like I'm like it's not every day, mm. but I I have those moments where I have like it, it's like feels like deja vu, mm-hmm. like you've been you have been there before, right? And yes. When mm. when we were round the bonfire, when the 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 moon shone, you know, mm-hmm. and there's like a full moon, and you know, you could see it high above the mountain. Mm-hmm. That was like, yeah, I, 
everything came together for the in in that moment for wow. that moment yeah that's, in a surprise just a surprising way but yeah wow. most definitely that's beautiful yeah wow okay so is there anyone you would give credit for where you are now mm-hmm. um i think um you know my 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 family is is what's important to me um mm. So I would say, um, you know, my mom is in- incredible. You know, um, you know, she came over as a, you know, immigrant in the sixties, mm. in the in the you know the early the late part of the fifties, early sixties, and you know, um, had five children. Wow! And even if she, even though she didn't know um, everything about what it took to kind of you know excel Mm -hmm. um she did she just really did her best you know she really did her best to kind of like advocate for us and develop herself so she could you know um fight for us as well in terms of schools and and all of those things so um she is all she is always and still you know um a real inspiration um to Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. um I would say also, um, you know, my daughter, um, you know, who is, you know, you know, in her own right, just a, you know, an incredible human being as mm-hmm. as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm very much of the opinion that, um, uh, that you know, your children are. It's. Um, from you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Khalil Gibran. Mm-hmm. There's there's a piece where he talks about you know your children, and that they're not your children for for forever in a way. They are on loan, and they right. are you know I, I I you know I just got I got to be I got to be with um, you know developing somebody, mm-hmm. but also kind of like letting her go by degrees as well to you know form her own uh, life and opinions and etc so yeah so her and you know there are there as I think about it there are a lot of people that I you know in different phases of my life that I give credit to um, Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. Um, the uh, Tony Ingram who was my foundation um, uh, lecturer who he was my program director and um, when I applied for the foundation course, he saw something in me and mm. accepted me onto the program. And that was what actually started a whole trajectory. Wow. And, um, you know, um, my sisters um, as well, lots of the kind of different colleagues that I've worked with mm-hmm. who've been um, inspiring um yeah, it's hard to kind of like think of names of people, but I just remember I, the ones who I remember are the ones who kind of created space and opportunity mm-hmm. for me to mm-hmm. develop and thrive mm-hmm. and expand. And uh, Carol Jones was a colleague of mine at Nottingham Trent University who also gave me an opportunity to, you know, step into other roles. Mm-hmm. So the, I guess there have been different people. And I feel bad because I'm sure that there may be people that I'm I'm not remembering right now, but um, those are the ones who come to mind, like wow. incredible colleagues that I have, um, mm. my family, mm. my daughter, 
and um and i've i've been i've been um lucky to be enriched by um you know an incredible you know group of people that i get to be in community with who mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. just inspired by you know people like you know my friend dawn speaks who's just an incredible human being mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. just so many just so many people but you know source mm-hmm. is my is my mother i would say mm-hmm. is my mom that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah it's basically you you it's like a, you have a village you have a village that surrounds That's right. you That's right. and yeah. always, you know, inspires you to be, you know, to be the best that you are. I, I That's mean, that's right. incredible. I love that. Yes. And yes. I think we that's all right. function. At, I mean, no one can really like do it anything on their own. You know, that's you right. need you that's need right. people behind you. And that's where you gather, you know, your community mm-hmm. from. That's, that's, that's right. amazing. I love that. That's yeah. so cool. Okay, so what are your personal goals? And if you haven't done, is there something you haven't done that you would like to do outside of teaching? <laughs> personal goal? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, a personal goal. Um, or what, what, what do you think you'd like to do in the future? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess my personal goal is to have, you know, kindred thrive and mm. expand and um um as i've been working with um some friends on the the branding mm-hmm. you know they've been having me really think about well what about if this was a 10 million dollar business and i'm just like wow mm-hmm. gosh can i imagine that um and i and i think that's that's uh, that's a goal mm. you know i have to be able to uh, i want to be able to imagine that mm-hmm. as well and mm-hmm. to actually uh have that be a possibility you know to 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 develop something um that you know it doesn't occur to me that that is my area of strength right because i know what to do as an educator and this is a, this is a whole new world of discovery <laughs> Yeah. It's a complete world of discovery about being an entrepreneur. And and, and, um, and who knows, yeah. you know, from Kindred Coterie, something else could uh, um could yes. arise from that. That's right. Yes. So that that's that's yeah. an incredible goal to to strive for, I think. It is. It is. Yeah. Thank oh you. That's a really great way to put it. Yes. Oh my god. Well, you know, I'm I'm excited for you. I think that would be amazing. You know, cuz you would be redefining um fashion as you see it and what a great way to leave as Mm -hmm. your legacy Mm -hmm. you know in the future that's right indeed oh that's so cool oh my gosh okay so um if anyone wanted to know more about um kindred coterie how would they Mm -hmm. go about that i mean i know it's still in the planning stages but you know if they wanted more information how would they go about it um, so I will have um, um, Instagram and website launch um, uh, relatively soon. Mm-hmm. I don't. Ha- I, I have the domain name and all of that, but but we haven't launched the the website yet. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, people can find me on Instagram as well. So that's uh, or, or Facebook until until everything is um until the brand is launched okay yeah 
Great. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners? Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Now I'm having to imagine. <laughs> I'm imagining um, uh, all of the listeners. Um, I would say um, I- I'm thanking you in advance for your generous mm. listening. Uh, and I hope that anything that I have said, you know, um, you know, gives you optimism for your own lives mm. and uh, for your own futures. And, um, yeah, I would say... Um, never give up that's awesome i love Mm. that thank you and last question would be what advice would you give your younger self what would you tell your younger self um to my younger self i would say um trust in your abilities Mm. i love that oh my gosh wow yvonne thank you so much for coming on the show, spending, um, being so generous with your time and spending some time with me. I would You're love welcome. to have you back when Kindred Coterie is up. I will keep you, yep. you know, keep me posted with that. And yeah. I wish you so much luck and, and good luck when, in August <laughs> when you go back yep. in, uh, you know, in Parsons. Um, and I hope that transition goes well. But thank you so much for, for all the things that you're doing. I think I think it's amazing, and I love that you're trying to really redefine how mm-hmm. fashion should be, you know, mm-hmm. now and in the future. So I, I, I can't thank you enough. I, I love what, I, um, what we spoke about, and, and I can't wait to hear more about it. So, thank you. I appreciate it. So thank right. you. Okay, well, I'll have a good evening, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Okay, bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Yvonne Watson on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note, I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. 